Hello and welcome to People Behind the Music. Today we have a guest, Lucas, and we will talk about the album he recorded with his band last summer. But first, let's hear a bit about you, Lucas. Could you introduce yourself for our listeners? I'm Lucas. I'm a double bass player currently studying at the Hafen to Hamburg. And yeah, I'm basically from Hamburg, lived my whole life here, and I'm currently playing in a few bands such as Bento, Bluff, and with a lot of guys from the Hochschule and the scene from Hamburg. Cool. So how did you start uh, with jazz? I mean, it's a bit unusual for us as a classical musicians. So how did you decide on jazz? Mm, it kind of evolved over the time. For some people, they have kind of a key moment where they listen to an album and it's like, I want to do that. and didn't happen for me actually. I was in this just in high school playing electric bass and double bass, more like rock and classical stuff and everything, not jazz but everything else. And then mm, yeah, I joined the big band of our school and the teacher was really nice and really motivational and then I really liked it and enjoyed it, but didn't really listen that much to it, but enjoyed playing it. And from then on, it kind of evolved over the time, and I was playing more, listening more, and then went into preschool for studying jazz, and then evolved further, and then I started studying playing jazz. So, did it immediately became your goal to become a jazz musician, or not really? I was a bit insecure about it. I actually thought about studying other stuff and um, yeah but with the time it kind of yeah I even like I fell more and more in love with it and I was kind of at the point where I was like cannot do anything else and I will study it. What we also cannot relate as classical musicians I guess is you guys always practicing as groups because we spent so much time alone in the practice room for six, seven hours. With metronome. With <laughs> <laughs> metronome, yes. So it's really unusual for us to have like a band that supports us and it's just happening in the moment and you need them, they need you. Like, how is that for you? How is that ensemble feeling? Nice. I was actually playing in bands since I started playing music in general. I started playing more like blues and rock stuff when I was teenager and yeah so it was always a part of me and I actually really started practicing when I started studying <laughs> before that I was I was practicing but it was more like playing so I was playing to records checking out some records and writing music but was not really practicing as we and I do now it was more like yeah just playing a lot and rehearsing with people so it was always a part of me and the practicing things started just afterwards or now, kind of in the last years, to really dig deeper into the instrument. Mm -hmm. I am very curious, but it's a disgusting question. I'm already sorry. How much do you practice a day? <laughs> it, depends. it depends, actually. Sometimes if I really have time, I practice kind of the whole day. Mm -hmm. um, when, like, when there's vacation or right now, lockdown stuff, I can practice the whole day. But practicing is um, 
it's not just practicing in a practicing way of course actually it, you don't think like but most of the jazz people they practice a lot of classical stuff most of them start practicing with classical stuff so i usually do it for some time a few hours two hours maybe and then it's kind of um, yeah practicing jazz is everybody has their own way some are transcribing a lot some are just playing a lot playing a lot to records mm, yeah kind of tone building as well and also composing so there's mm. practicing is a bit of not just practice on the instrument but kind of practice your musical identity in general so a lot of listening playing to records as i said and composing everything kind of so this always what happens and at some points like um when there's a lot of stuff to play sometimes there are weeks or months where i don't practice at all actually so i play the whole day which is great and then i'm at the point where i kind of feel oh my basics are getting kind of i'm losing them then i can really then i have time to practice again and then it's kind of this kind of changing thing so you guys are like rehearsing together all the time and it's kind of like practicing together also mm. and other than that you always hang out together as jazz musicians in mm. the school so it feels like you have your own community i mean mm. how does it feel and do you feel that you don't belong to other people in the school like you don't accept from them or just like how how does it feel to have a, your own community I like it. I love it actually. Um, for me, it's like the jazz department is a bit like a family thing for me at least, and for a lot of people, especially our semester, our year is really close to each other. And kind of we always, all the time, like speaking about music, sending each other albums, and we're like, you have to check this out, and check this, and kind of hang out together, listen together, play together. So we're really kind of. Yeah, for me it is a part of playing music and being like if you're cool with somebody you play better together. It's just for me at least. And if you really hang out with people, you know how he is as a person, and then you kind of know how he's playing, and it's, it affects the music. At like if you're in this improvising thing a lot, if you really close to people, and if you like each other, then you will play a lot better. So yeah, but and. Um, it wasn't a conscious decision to not hang out with the rest of the school. I mean, I like, I have not friends, but I, there's some, or a lot of people I really like, but it's, yeah, I guess we should do it more. We can learn a lot from each other and just, even not for the music thing, just for the social thing, hang out. It's nice. We should do that more often. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, you recorded an album during Corona. Mm -hmm. Um, when was it exactly? End of August. Okay, and how did it work? I mean, uh, with the corona and like, did you guys record it separately or? <laughs> no, not really. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oopsie. Uh, um, I mean, we knew the material since some time. Patrick wrote all of the tunes, mm -hmm. and. Yeah, we were touring in February, I guess, with the band. It's when I joined the band was for the tour because the other bass player left. And I was the last of the current um, lineup who joined the band. 
so everybody knew the program really well and then yeah it wasn't really a thing to go into the studio and you need to rehearse it so it was kind of always everybody knew their stuff and it was kind of going well in corona wise it was i mean it's a big studio and we were kind of conscious about the corona things like as usual so it was kind of working i mean you're not because of drums and just noise stuff because it's loud music you kind of even like in the studio you have to put up walls and be like distance so there's no interaction the microphone mm. things and stuff so it was not a problem it worked really well yeah. and it's uh, patrick's band yeah what's the name of the band bento bento yeah it's actually the name is from you know these sushi boxes yeah. where kind of there's a name from because it's it's the name is bento because kind of yeah the music for me um it's kind of a mixture mixture of everything so there's really folk loristic kind of melodies and harmonies and at the same time really kind of nerdy odd meter percussion things going on and then some rock parts and some jazz and avant-garde and free so it's kind of that's where the name came from that is kind of everything like a mixture yeah then to think kind of you can take what you want <laughs> and it's just everything together is this band nice and uh he composed and arranged everything i guess yeah right yes usually or not usually there are kind of a few ways to play jazz or kind of play in a band mm -hmm. there's kind of this thing with patrick's band where he's really the band leader he's the guy who's writing the tunes who's arranging the tunes who select the musicians who's booking the gigs who's doing everything booking the studio and we're just going to the gig we get the notes kind of on the music stand and we just play and then it's yeah he's doing everything but so it's really his band we I mean, we play and we really like each other and we're cool with each other, but it's, if you want to do it at some point like this and we're like, oh, we don't know, but he says, no, I want it like this, we're okay, your band, do it and everybody's fine. There are also some bands where you're like doing it together, everybody's writing tunes, everybody's booking gigs and more like a collective thing, mm -hmm. or where you just play standards, kind of just yeah. the jazz thing, and then it's, yeah just playing and not really writing tunes. Yeah. This is what we are doing actually. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Alright, so I'm gonna go to the more economical and materialistic side of things. Uh, I saw and heard that you guys did some crowdfunding for this album. And what was your expectations? What did you expect from going into this process and what did you get instead or like mm. if it happened exactly the way you expected it? I guess, kind of. Yeah. Um, I mean, I've never recorded an album as a band leader thing, so I never really had to care about the money thing because it's really expensive to record and press CDs and they owe so much more stuff than just playing. Like paying, he even paid the musicians, which is not usual in our student kind of thing. And he has to pay the engineer, the guy who's mixing it, the guy who's mastering it. He has to book the studio and he has to book the bus to get all the stuff. So it's a lot of stuff and it's really more expensive than people think. So, but he was just planning it and just 
know how much music, like how much money he needs. I'm really not into this progress. So he was just like, yo guys, we have this crowdfunding t-shirt. <laughs> we <laughs> recorded it would be nice. So otherwise it wouldn't work. So yeah, we did it. But it was just, I didn't know really what happened behind the curtains, as we say, in Germany, kind of what was going on in general. Yeah. I mean, for me, it's a really interesting concept because I, as a self-deprecating, very low-confidence person that I am, wow. I always <laughs> think, like, no one's gonna pay me for my music. No. <laughs> it's like, crowdfunding? Nah, that would never work. Like, I always think like this, so seeing it actually work and seeing it actually that people support young artists and people want to hear the music and people want to support it uh, economically that brings me hope yeah, <laughs> especially during these times yeah it's great a lot of people do it actually right or in general because not everybody can especially if you record your first album kind of where you do this crowdfunding thing and you a lot of people apply for foundations so they get money from people who have too much money and <laughs> give it to us which is really nice and um, but um, yeah, I mean, and it's not just you give money, you can kind of, you can just spend money or like uh, just donate, I mean, or you can buy a CD and then you pay a bit more, but you still get a CD or you can, you can even book lessons with us, you can book concerts, it's really nice. And some friends of mine, close friends who are not really into jazz or my music, um, they still, I just shared it um social media and didn't really tell them kind of i mean i don't see them that much right now but just didn't really tell them and they were like yeah of course i donated and they wouldn't really actually listen to the music but they knew it was important for me and so they were kind of supporting and really nice gentle people <laughs> <laughs> that brings me joy <laughs> and it helped you cover all your expenses from the album i guess or i mean he his, he wanted to reach 5,000 views, I guess, and he made it, so it should, yeah. That's nice. Yeah. We should consider it. <laughs> <laughs> totally consider it. Also, we didn't say the name of the album yet. Oh, what yeah. What was the name of the album? Hiraes, I guess. Hira, it's Hiraes. I don't really know. It's Hiraes. It's called Homesickness. Oh. In Irish? I'm not really sure. He has really nice. I mean, song titles are the worst thing, like the hardest thing in composing. <laughs> to be honest, I mean, you write some nice tunes and it's like, how do I call this tune? Like in jazz, of course, there are some really weird names for my tunes as well. And, but he always told it at the concerts um, that it was like, I guess he was in Ireland with a harp player and singer. And they were kind of at an harp festival. And he, they were both playing there and it was really nice atmosphere and nice Irish vibes at the coast and stuff. And then he wrote a tune afterwards and decided to call it like this. Because, yeah. Cool. All right. So for some nice Irish vibes, go for Um Yeah, composing. You also compose, right? I mean, as a jazz student, you have a lesson for it or... Mm. Um, so you send us your music and we will listen now. <laughs> yes, we will put it here now.
Thank you. Um, do you want to tell us the story behind the music? Yeah, of course. Um, I went to the cinema one evening sometime, I think winter 2020, I'm not sure, and um, went to see the new Joker movie, which I really liked, actually. And I came home and I just started. It's weird, most of my tunes I play or write on my electric bass at night where I'm not allowed to amplify it and it's just really quiet electric bass and I'm just noodling around and um, yeah, came up with the melody and chords and stuff. I think I wrote the intro a week later or something, but it wasn't really a decision I want to write a tune over the movie. I just really liked the movie and was kind of coming home and like the vibe you have when you watch a movie or finish a book kind of where you really into the world still and it was kind of inspired by it and it's kind of my worst title I ever I, I cannot even pronounce it when I said it's Arthur's Path and, and it's kind of just yeah the way Arthur the guy who's, yeah. who's becoming the Joker at some point sorry for the spoiler and <laughs> <laughs> um, it was yeah just kind of really tragic story about his life and about society who kind of led him to become the Joker and kind of yeah everything it was really yeah moving story so I decided to afterwards I want to give it a different title but it's late now so but this is a story about it yeah yeah I think it's a perfect title I mean mm. it gives hope the melody itself mm. but it's melancholic at the same time so I don't know it's a great name I think um, and did you compose the whole thing or did you compose just the melody and the other guys improvise? How did it work? I mean, I composed the tune <laughs> and yeah, then I actually was really, um, was kind of a turning point in my composition life, if I can say it, because I'm really not feeling great about my compositions. I mean, nobody is really feeling great about their compositions compositions but um, it was I mean if you listen to the melody at the end of the really melody there's kind of this really pop chord thing G minor or F G minor F and then goes to E flat kind of this really pop chords and I wrote it and was like I really like it this kind of chord progression, chord progression but I was like can I do it is it jazzy enough and I was like yeah no I'm gonna do it and then I thought about it afterwards and spoke with people and I mean if you hear the music like this and you feel it like this then do it and don't try to make it more complex than it has to be so it was really um, yeah where it was really like if I like it I'm gonna write it and I don't care what people think about it and I like it and I like the tune mm -hmm. and yeah afterwards I wrote similar tunes or like Tunes were kind of at this, which I really also like. Sorry, to somebody, which kind of worked, <laughs> which works fine. I say, but, and but at some point I was writing only pop ballads, and then kind of at some point I was like, okay, I'm gonna have to think about ways to change a bit. But it was really a point where I was figuring out how to compose and how to feel good about compositions. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, this has been a very, very nice conversation, but sadly, we are kind of coming to the end of oh, yeah. things. 
So we will now ask you for your recommendations for our audience. So first the book, I guess. Yeah. Um, I mean, I love reading and I read a lot of books, but I guess the one which moved me the most, which touched me the most and in the last month or year was probably the diary of Anne Frank. Oh. Um, I mean, in this situations now with still a lot of way too much I mean in every society it's way too much racism and people don't tolerate each other and it's just so much stuff going on which makes me so sad still in like even where you don't really expect it and it's really way too much still everywhere in the world so it was really kind of yeah great book to read and to think about things and how things might evolve at some point if you don't, if you are not careful, don't watch out. Yeah. Yeah. And Mui? For that, I have to, um, I'm not really sure how to pronounce it actually. The, you have seen the Sea Shark Redemption? Is it? I think Shawshank. Shawshank, yeah, the Shawshank. Okay. Can you please? I don't want to, I'm not really sure how to pronounce it. I guess I only watched it once, but it's really... Oh, we pronounce everything wrong in this podcast, yeah, so it's it fine. But I, for I this, know. just uh, don't even... I know the German name, it's really different, so I'm not sure about the English name. Yeah, I think it's Shawshank Redemption, yeah. With, uh, with Morgan Freeman, yeah. people of course know. with Morgan Freeman. <laughs> of course, with Morgan like Freeman. Ninety-nine percent of the movies has Morgan Freeman <laughs> in it, so oh, yeah, let's hire more black people, please. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah. All right. So music. Uh, music. Um, yeah, I mean, how can I choose one tune in music? I mean, there's so much beautiful and amazing music. I thought a bit about it, and um, I guess. Probably my favorite tune right now. Uh, can I say two or only one? You can yeah. say two. Come okay. On. Probably um, which I just listened a lot in the last days or weeks. Um, is a hip hop track by Slum Village. It's just a hip hop group from the nineties, and um, more like about the production, the instrumental beat, and it's by Jay Dilla, probably my favorite musician on earth or he doesn't live anymore unfortunately but probably my favorite musician in general the tune is called climax should really listen to it it's insane and um, another tune is varta by ambrose akim siri my um, probably my favorite jazz musician who's currently like hip and doing stuff it's really great cool so i guess I guess that's it. Thank you very much yeah. for joining thank us you today. Thank you for inviting me. Uh, so see you in the next episode and thank you for listening. Yeah, thank you. Bye.